Hello, and thanks for coming to the We Work Weekends with Warren podcast. This is the podcast that interviews people who normally work on the weekends. If you would like to be on this show, please contact me. All the information for both myself and the guest will be in the show notes below. Before I get to my guest, I should introduce myself. I am Warren with Balloon Fun. I am a full-time balloon twister from Saskatoon. But this show is not about me. This is all about my guests. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with a gentleman who decided to leave South Africa and live in Saskatoon. We have magician Matt Gore, the Ginger Ninja. Thanks, Warren. Thanks for having me on the show. This is awesome. Well, I'm glad, uh, you know, we both had some time available today. It's uh, Obviously, we're not uh, seeing each other around as we normally did at shows this time of year. COVID-19 uh, definitely hammering everybody. We used to bump yeah. each other quite, quite a lot. So, yes, this is, uh, this, is a, yeah. a new, this is a new change, new times. Yes. So, of course, I know the answer to my very first question, but I, and I know that you get to answer it every single time you perform. But here it goes. Let's um, tell everybody, why did you leave South Africa and move to Saskatoon? <laughs> I heard the weather was amazing here. So. <laughs> In the summer, yes. <laughs> and, uh, so uh, why did I move from the other side of the world? Um, it's, uh, I always start my show actually now with it because I get asked the question so much that I always say, like, how did a, a six-foot ginger magician from Africa end up in Canada? And it's uh, a couple of years ago, whilst I was traveling through Europe, I, I met a beautiful girl from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And after six years of long-distance relationship, I'm very proud and privileged to call her now my wife, the mother of my two kids, and Saskatoon, my new home. So uh, I decided to move here for love. I moved here for my wife and start a family. And uh, I was a professional magician entertainer in South Africa. I have been for the past 12 years. And uh, I, uh, I kind of reached the level where I decided that this would also be a great opportunity and a new challenge. And uh, I moved here for my family. So I decided to pack up and uh, I immigrated in June 2017 in the summer and uh, planted my roots here and uh, never looked back since. And it's been going great. Oh, excellent. So when you met your wife in Europe, were you yes. working or were you like, oh, so you were working as a magician there? Uh, I always do that with both. I always try, try to combine my, uh, my work and my pleasure. So, because uh, I love mm -hmm. what I do and uh, I do what I love. I was actually coming back from, I was in Las Vegas for a world magic seminar that I was, uh, that I was attending. I then went to Hollywood thereafter for a bit of a holiday. And then on the way home, I was, I met up and actually did a, I was on holiday in Europe doing some traveling as well as performing. They have a few comedy clubs there that I was linking up with some comedians, but it was actually on a Kentucky tour where I met my wife. <laughs> Who would have thought going on a holiday? Uh, yeah. And uh, that's where I met her. And it was kind of holiday romance for, let's say, you know, four weeks. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just kept in touch. And did the long distance thing and decided that I decided I had to fly to Canada and see what it was all about. So I flew, I flew to Canada and yeah, that's how it all started. And this, that we, we did that for six years, flying back and forth, living with the, in different countries. And then I decided that it was time to settle down and we had to pick and it was a very tough decision. And I decided to move here for her. 
so that she could be close to her family and friends. And um, yeah, we could start a family in Canada. Wow. So as a business decision, yes. is was coming to Canada a better decision, do you think, than having both of you live in South Africa? At the time, no. And as it turned out, yes. So at the time, I had just won a FISM Africa Magic Champion. So I was a South African Magic Champion at the time. And then I entered the FISM. It was the Afri- it's the Continental Championships, which made me, I won the stage contest. Things were really looking good in South Africa. For me at the time, I was just starting to, I had a few TV slots. I was just, like, I was just starting, I was very busy. I, on average, I got about 500 inquiries a year. I think to perform wow. and I only used to perform obviously only at a fraction of them or uh, you can't be it. The one magic trick I've never been able to master is being in two at the same time. <laughs> so That's right. my business was going really good there. I felt very confident, very comfortable. Um, she didn't necessarily have to work even. It w- would have been just fine with just me. But uh, at the same sense, uh, I needed a bit of a challenge. Once you reach a certain level, um, I also... Uh, moving to a new country and starting over completely from scratch at first is never going to be a good, um, you know, is, is, is not going to be seen as the right move because you're definitely going to slow things down at first. Like literally no one knows you in the country you moved to. So I have no friends here. I had no family. I had no support network. And obviously no one really knew who I was. Whereas back home, I kind of made a bit of a name for myself and I didn't really have to market because the phone used to ring and emails used to come in. So starting over is always a bit of a challenge, but I I wanted to also grow. And I think as a performer, being in North America, there's no better place to push yourself to be amongst the very best entertainers in the world, you know, with the likes of um, the, the Las Vegas entertainers. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed the challenge. And I think the minute you get comfortable, it's time for you to get a little bit uncomfortable. So it felt right at the time. It was very scary and very challenging, but mm-hmm. now it was possibly the best decision I've ever made. And um, I've worked harder than I've ever worked. And I've, I feel like I've taken my magic to even greater heights and I'm excited to see how far I can take it. Um, yeah, I'm always looking at ways to grow and reach more people and just to be the best performer that I can be. Well, that's interesting. Um, the, when you were talking there about uh, coming to Saskatoon or Saskatchewan in Canada <laughs> and not knowing anybody, I guess, what's it, what's it like to be the outsider? Do you find that other, maybe, like, do you find other entertainers uh, will kind of, well, are, are we welcoming, I guess is the question. <laughs> some are for sure some are very welcome and others are are not i would say you know it's very much you know you're the new guy on the block some people might have had um a great uh you know great client share uh, you know great market leading forward and now adding more options to the pool you know some clients might want to try something a little new so sometimes you know you but I've always adopted a very friendly approach. I like to grow the art of magic and entertainment in my mind, because if you make it more popular, more people, it's going to have a more positive effect. I always say, you know, the more, mm-hmm. more good magic that is out there, the more people are going to want to see it. So you're creating more awareness of it. And there's so much business for everyone. But I would say definitely, definitely a, um, a challenge because you're fir- you literally know no one so you've got to like eventually someone takes a risk on that first show and that first show then leads to another two shows and then those two shows lead to several shows 
And then it slowly starts, you know, you start making a name for yourself and getting yourself out there. Yeah. I think it was a very much yeah. a humbling experience uh, starting over um, where I was, could, could have been recognized in South Africa, you know, out in yeah. public when no one really knows who you are here. Um, but at the same time, yes. it's, been, um, it's been rather exciting and a chance for you to rebrand yourself and to, um, it's, it's, a, it's a, like, for instance, I have an accent, so I say things differently. Uh-huh. So I'm not only an uh-huh. the fact that I'm a, a ginger from Africa with an accent. You're the, every, it's, you've, it's a very much an uncomfortable, comfortable feeling in the sense that people have a way of talking Saskatchewan after living here for now that there's a way that we do business here in Saskatchewan the way we interact with one another and it, those countries have those cultural differences and uh, the one thing that my career has offered me is performances in many different countries I think I've been to 25 uh, at least now and uh, Performing magic in different countries, uh, there's many different cultural backgrounds. Magic is perceived differently. For instance, I'm a comedy magician. So my humor, I have to adjust and change my humor according to the audience that I'm performing. So what I necessarily would have done in South Africa for a South African audience, I have to adjust slightly to suit a Canadian audience, which I've kind of loved in the sense of growth because I've learned to entertain multiple audiences now from around the world, which makes you very diverse so you can handle, um, you know, you, you, you don't, you do, you're not only going to be, let's say, successful in one particular market. Your act is very versatile and can travel well. So all those things that uh, I'm always about pushing myself and, you know, looking to improve and to be the best performer that I can be. Well, uh, you'd mentioned, you know, various uh, entertain like different groups, but can you give, give us a, you know, a specific example of how, how the crowds are different in South Africa or in Canada or even perhaps in the United States. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so the one thing as a magician, magicians get a very, um, I would say, an unusual reaction to magic depending on the cultural background or country that you are from. For instance, uh, a juggler, a juggler is the best. A juggler gets the best applause. It's universal. He throws up several objects into the air, into a beautiful formation. And as he catches the last one in his hands, he receives instant applause. It's, an, it's the perfect applause cue. So mm-hmm. that's very well. Where magic is very different. Now, you get many different types of magic. But generally speaking, the way people perceive magic is subjective. It's how you interpret it. Some people are in shock. Others are in awe. Others are amazed. Others are completely stunned. So if you're completely stunned at the time, you might be trying to process what you just saw. You might not necessarily even think about clapping. So sometimes Mm -hmm. perform something and it's the audience's way of letting you know that they've enjoyed what they've seen is an applause. Uh, Sometimes you don't receive that. So you wonder, well, did did you enjoy what I just did? But you wait five seconds and then eventually maybe... Mm -hmm a bit of a slow clap and you're like, Oh, right. I actually enjoyed it. Thank you. So people react differently to magic. Uh, culturally, I would say some people are very vocal in South Africa. We're very diverse. We have, uh, 11 official languages. So, um, 
there's so many different backgrounds. People react, they go crazy, they're screaming, they're shouting, they're running away. They think you're a witch doctor, a sangoma. You can, uh, people react very differently where the British might be jolly good. Hey, well done. Do us another trick, won't you? Like everyone, def- like if, if everyone reacts mm-hmm. a little differently to magic, which is, it's great because no reaction is the same. So whenever I get a new opportunity to perform magic, maybe someone's never seen magic before. Or maybe no one's ever seen, uh, it's their first time witnessing live magic right in front of their, right in front of their eyes. So every reaction mm-hmm. is different and unique in that sense, which makes it kind of special. You never really know what you're going to get. So you've got to, um, you've got to stay on your, you've got to stay on your feet and just, you know, be ready to, to get what the audience are. Some people are just scared of magic. They literally run away. They literally run away and they think that you are the devil or that you fucked yourself. <laughs> And uh, hold on, are you talking? Are you talking in in South Africa? Or are you talking in Canada? South Africa, no, in South Africa, South America, it happens to some people. Are they scared? They believe they believe in magic. They believe that what you are doing is possible. So the if you make people believe that you have powers, then all uh-huh. of a sudden. You know, um, people can, you know, they get a little frightened, so they're very hesitant, which is strange because I saw myself as a comedy magician. I always try and look yes. at the light side of things. I'm always trying to do very powerful magic in a comedic way. Um, so my, my goal is to do powerful magic. So you want your magic to look easy and you want the easy to look effortless. This is what gives you the, uh, this is what gives the audience the opinion that, wow, he could actually possess powers. But I like to use humor to bring in that human element and, uh, you know, remind people that I'm a professional in entertainer, entertainer. And my goal is to not make people feel uncomfortable. My goal is to make people relaxed, laugh and uh, enjoy themselves. So then with, with the crowds, like you still travel, I know you travel back to South Africa and I'm sure you you go to the States when you're allowed to, and you go around Western Canada as well. Um, Like would the crowds be any different between we'll say Saskatoon, Edmonton or Las Vegas? For sure. Um, Las Vegas has uh, on average like a million new people every single day go through their city. It's a beautiful place for an entertainer to be because you can remain in the same theater for 20 years and do the exact same show and your audience can be sold out every single night. Whereas a show sure. in Saskatoon, uh, you know, maybe you can do three nights or, you know, once everyone's seen you, it's time to move on to the next city. Um, so the reaction, I would say, because of the Vegas being a tourist destination, you've got many multicultural, you've got to please a lot of different type. Whereas um, you'll notice in Canada, if I'm performing, you know, purely for the prairies, you know, if I'm performing for a Saskatchewan audience, there's certain things that go over a little better with a Saskatchewan audience that, you know, they like a, maybe a bit more of a relaxed approach. And there's certain things that mm-hmm. will suit a, there's certain expectations for a Vegas-style show, you know what I mean? So uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it's just, it's ideally, it's about knowing your audience and giving them what they want. A lot, a lot of the time, some entertainers blame their audience. They say, ah, oh, the audience wasn't good tonight. And I think, personally speaking, I think it's up to the entertainer to have done his research and know who he is performing for and to adjust his performance accordingly um, to entertain for those the type of client that you are performing for and to keep those things in mind and to make your humor and your show appropriate. 
Yeah, of course. Uh, I myself, I've gone to some shows, and and uh, it just seems, you know, I I always think it is my my job to encourage the children because that's normally who I work with, and it's my job to get the children involved in the entire activity. I mean, when I'm doing balloon twisting, uh, but sometimes you know, it it just seems uh, my my. This is me talking about myself, but the worst time in the world to be a children's entertainer is in May. Now, <laughs> I have noticed that in May, um, the kids have been in the house since October. Then the parents <laughs> want the party outside and the yep. kids haven't been able to run on the grass for eight months, seven months. And so when they're out there, they don't care about anything but running. Uh, that's just my experience. Do you have yeah. any any similar experience? Um, I want like it's hard to it's hard to. I often, I, I when I first started doing shows, I did a, I did a ton of children's parties, like a ton. I, you probably have done mm -hmm. more than three thousand. I got quite well-known as the Ginger Ninja in Cape Town, South Africa. And that's where I, I, I started off as a family-based entertainer. And uh, you always try to diminish those uh, distractions because, yeah, performing outside, mm -hmm. there's so much visual stimulation. There's so much going on. And uh, the weather can, you know, interfere with the show as well with regards to, you know, wind. And you got so much. Mm -hmm. You always think about grasping the attention. So I always try and choose a spot where there's as little activity behind me as possible, where the show is taking place so that you can have the undivided attention and to uh, do those things. But yes, I think at first, I think it's a lot of uh, trial and error. I often sometimes, that's why I always have the show, I would say in the middle of the party or the event um, towards the end, it gives everyone the opportunity to, if it's a, I'll show you know, to have a, a, a drink and meet and greet and unwind. And if it's for the family shows, the kids a chance to run around and to burn off some energy uh, before, mm -hmm. you know, sitting down to enjoy some good entertainment. So, uh, but yeah, I completely can see how, how, you know, how it's difficult to compete when you've been stuck indoors for a couple of months and then you step out, you know, you're allowed to see mm -hmm. outdoors. It's pretty difficult to make everyone, you know, sit still and enjoy something. If uh, if what they really want to do is run around, you know, it's probably good to get, yeah. <laughs> let them do that for a bit and then bring it back. Yeah, definitely. So um, do you, I mean, obviously nobody's working right now. And yes. uh, so I don't know, like I myself, it's, uh, I, I don't think I've done a job in two months. How were, how were things with you in that way? When was the last time you did a job? Okay, my last a physically live show where I was in front of an audience actually was on March 9th. March 9th was my last show. And okay. uh, since then, I've had about probably around 35 postponements or cancellations. Mm -hmm. Most of them are postponed and we're just going to get in touch to figure out a new date once things go on. So it is a pretty sad that, you know, the, you know, that we can no longer perform as such, but I used the time at first to, uh, you know, spend quality time with the family and I revamped my, all my marketing, my online sites and uh, work on my act so that when this is all over, I come back bigger, stronger than ever. And I'm, I'm mm -hmm. pretty proud of the show that I'm going to bring on. And then I, I decided to, you know, get creative and decide that, well, I don't, I don't sit well, I don't sit still too well. So I decided let's give it a go. And I decided to take, try my hand at doing online virtual shows and mm -hmm. I had to, 
do a lot of research and I've pretty much converted my entire office into a home studio. So my whole office has been turned upside down. I have spotlights, I have uplighters, my banners, I use my DSLR camera, I shoot in full, full high definition. I have uh, an external headset microphone plugged in through USB. So I've upgraded everything. I've tried to make it as, as, uh, as, as high as high class as I can. And I, I now perform virtually online via the Zoom platform or Microsoft Teams for corporate clients and private events throughout the world. That's the one opportunity that this has allowed from, so I can perform from the comfort of my own home and everyone can enjoy the show from the comfort of their own home or office. And it's been a great way to bring employees or friends and family together at the end of the work week virtually for some entertainment to take our mindful things and have a bit of magic in our lives, which I think is needed more than ever in a time such as now. And uh, sure. it's been, you know, it's been going, it's been going crazy. It was started off for fun and I think I'm ready up to 20, 20 bookings already for the virtual shows, uh, which is great. That'll be rolling. I've done a handful already and the, mm -hmm. I've got two more tomorrow. I've got four next week and yeah, the calendars slowly with the new norm, which is very, it's a whole new mm -hmm. show. You can't do your mm -hmm. normal stuff. There's no um, physical audience interaction, but it is an interactive show through my camera where I engage with the audience, I select volunteers. I see them through the Zoom platform. I ask you to think of things. I read your mind. I do very powerful magic. I make it funny. And I do an interactive show online uh, for my clients. And it's just been a way that I've been, I can keep my magic alive during this time until we can, you know, go back to doing those, those live mm -hmm. shows again. So are you able to uh, charge the, the same amount for a virtual show as you would for a live show? No. Yeah, definitely. No. Okay. Definitely not. Yeah. What I would do. Uh, also, I'm a perfectionist. That's a it's a blessing and a disease, <laughs> in the sense mm -hmm. that I'm going to put my name on something. I, I try to work really hard at it. I don't want to. Um, so I wasn't prepared to launch it until it was ready. I, I, I'm not one to just open my laptop and perform in front of it, saying, "Hey guys, I'm going to do some magic over this." I really wanted to make put effort into it so that when you see me log on it's like it's really like it's it's the best quality that you've ever seen on like a, a webcam kind of a thing so i've literally turned it into like a, a home studio and i think my first two months i'm running at uh it's a fraction of the it's a fraction of the price um mm -hmm. so just to create awareness so people can see the product of what you're offering because it's the first time i think in that we are doing things like this so but it seems to be going great so i'm running uh I'm running great. It's a fraction of my fee and it's a great chance for you to see what I usually would do at a very reduced fee now. And, uh, and I will see, I think maybe through June, I might have to up the rates a little bit just because I'm getting quite busy, but I wanted to get really good at it first before I justify uh, uh, a higher fee kind of thing. It's just the way I, I, I work. I work things up to be perfect. Uh, and I always have like a hundred percent satisfaction, all your money back. As I do this because I love it. I don't do this mm -hmm. to, to make a living. I happen to make a living from magic too. That's awesome. I don't need to be doing the virtual shows now. I'm, I always live beneath my means and I can handle months, if not a year, you know, without doing anything. I just, uh, I love what I do. And I think I, the main reason is uh, I think we need a bit of magic in our lives right now. And if you, if you have a gift, I feel like you should share it with the world. And, mm -hmm. uh, 
I'm just figuring out a way in, in which I could do that. And uh, yeah, I can spread as much joy and happiness that I can. Well, that's fabulous. Um, so anyway, I would like to thank uh, magician Matt Gore, the Ginger Ninja, for being my guest today. If you'd like to contact Matt to uh, be on the virtual show or just follow him on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn, all of those uh, links will be in the show note below. If you'd uh, like to contact uh, the We Work Weekends with Warren podcast, once again, I'm on uh, Facebook, I'm on uh, all, all the social media. Uh, so give me a call for anything, but really call uh, magician Matt Gore, the Ginger Ninja, first. Thanks a lot for being on the show today, uh, Matt. Thank you for having me, Warren. I appreciate it. It's great to catch up with fellow entertainers during this time. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Okay, you're welcome, and we'll talk to you later.